revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. Welcome to Medicine on Call, where it's all about living the solutions. This is Dr. Elena George, and today I think we have an important show, someone who can actually speak with authority about what potentially may may be coming down the path for our healthcare system. We've talked a lot about about the Affordable Care Act, and there's been a movement to Medicare for All, which, as a practicing physician, I don't think this is a very good idea. as I'm, as a person on the front lines, the system is already broken. I can't imagine shoving 300 million more people into it and having it work better. But today I have some, someone who's an expert and who can speak about this in detail. This is Ms. Chris Ann Hall. She's a national speaker and consultant on the Constitution, founder of Liberty First University, a former Russian linguist for the U.S. Army, and a former prosecutor for the state of Florida. She's also practiced First Amendment law for a prominent national nonprofit law firm. She travels the country teaching um, and speaking about liberty and our constitutional republic. And she's written six books on the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And she's also a popular radio. Um, and she's popular on the radio and and teaches. Uh, oh, do you actually teach constitutional law as well? Uh, no, I don't teach constitutional law because, unfortunately, constitutional law has very little to do with the Constitution these days. Oh, well, that's that's a good way to start then. Let's start <laughs> off with the hardest question first. With Medicare for All, the, there seems to be an absolute mad panic push for Medicare for All, and I think that Congress coming in is going to be trying to shove that down everybody's throat. Let's start off with the hardest question first. Is it constitutional? Absolutely not. Um, the power that's delegated to the federal government is very specific and and defined. Uh, the drafters of our Constitution, but more importantly, those who ratified the Constitution, all agreed that the only authority that the federal government could legally exercise are those that are specifically enumerated, and that every other power that is not specifically enumerated is a power that is reserved to people uh, and to their state. And so what we have is a situation now where the federal government engaging in health care is exercising beyond those enumerated powers. There's no enumerated power for health care, which means if there's going to be government-funded, and I will say not government-funded because there's no such thing as government funding. All of government's money comes from the people. And so if there's going to be public-funded health care or public-funded subsidized health care, then it has to come at the state and local level. Mm -hmm. Any exercise of that by the federal government, it it, it uh, transcends the boundaries of government. And James Madison who history calls the father of the Constitution, he was also our fourth president under this Constitution, said that that would transmute the very nature of the limited government that our our founders created. That's incredible. So let's let's talk about Medicare then. If you want to go back in time to when Medicare was started, that seems to be the same thing. You have... uh, people paying into a system that the government is running, and we don't even have a choice in it. It's taken out of our paychecks. Mm -hmm. That means Medicare itself 
is a questionable thing, isn't it? Oh, it, well, it's not really questionable. It's just strictly unconstitutional. <laughs> trying to be nice. For those who, yeah, no, I mean, when, it, it's just simply not constitutional in, in any way, shape, or form. Basically, what it is is legalized plunder. I can't come to your house uh, to to take money from you to pay for my health care, and your neighbor can't ask me to come to your house to take money for you to pay for his health care. And so for the government to take up that role for what something that would be illegal for you and me, mm-hmm. and then to do it by the force, uh, the threat of force of government itself, it is the same kind of plunder. The only problem is is that those in power have legalized that plunder. And it's it's not uh not only is it legalized plunder, but again it is an exercise of an authority that was never delegated to the federal government. And and you you mentioned in the beginning that there's this sort of mad panic to um the uh Medicaid for all. Mm-hmm. I would submit to you it's not really a panic, it was the plan. The entire purpose of national health care the way it was designed was to force the American people to beg for a single-payer uh, option. Mm-hmm. It was never about giving you your choice. It was never about subsidizing the system as it was because they knew it could not be sustained. The whole purpose was to drive people to to experience this, quote-unquote, free, because there is absolutely nothing that is free, it costs somebody something. It's just not costing you. Uh, but to get people accustomed and maybe even uh, addicted to that kind of health care and then see it fail and then demand for the government to to give the single payer, which is coming to us now in this expanded Medicaid for all kind of perspective. But in reality, what we're doing here is we're begging the government to to fix a problem they created to begin with. And that's the art of politics these days. Let's hurry up and create a pro- problem that creates a crisis so that the people will ask, ask us to fix the problem and the crisis we created so we can do whatever we want, and the people will cheer us along. That's the, tip, the prototypical problem-reaction solution, right? Right, exactly. And, and the, the thing that, that is sometimes frustrating to me and to those who study the Constitution, its foundations, and its origins is that these things were, were, were clearly stated. The purpose and the intent of the limited government, the application of the limited government, and the limits to federal power. There's no, there's no mystery there. And the frustrating part in this, you have professors, you have lawyers, you have politicians, you have judges who come out with a flat-out lie and say, well, you know, you need us to help you understand the Constitution because we can't possibly know what the Constitution means since it was written so long ago. Mm-hmm. That is simply a it, – it, it's not an error. It's a lie. It's a clear deception because those who drafted the Constitution – wrote in great detail and volume exactly what they were doing and why they were doing it. And when you study that, what you see is that their warnings have become prophecy now that we have completely ignored uh, the the proper operation of our constitutional republic. You know, it's, it's really maddening that you've 
it's not about care. I mean, on the, on the doctor forefront here, it's not about providing care. It, you're not deciding, or you're actually stating, it's really about control. Whoever controls the pocketbook yeah, has the power, right? Right, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, it, it's always been about control. That's why it was never about providing health care. The Affordable Care Act is a misnomer. It wasn't about affordable care. It was about subsidizing insurance, which is part of our problem to begin with. I hear people give the, the, the false argument quite often that we need national health care, we need Medicaid for all, because of the skyrocketing unaffordable prices of health care. Well, that is, that is an absolute uh, non sequitur, because here's the problem. The reason ha- ha- that our health care is seemingly unaffordable and skyrocketing is not because our doctors are charging too much. It's not because our hospitals are charging too much. It's because the federal government got involved in the program to begin with. The same thing happens with college tuition. Our college tuitions have skyrocketed skyrocketed because the federal government got in the business of subsidizing uh, college education. And so if we got the government out of the healthcare business, then healthcare itself would be driven by a market demand, and then we would be able to have truly affordable healthcare because it would be based on the affordability of the people, not the free money that's floating around that's coming from the government. I mean, the pharmaceutical companies get money from the government. They get kickbacks from the government. The pharmaceutical companies get kickbacks to the government. Then uh, the cost of of college for our doctors and our specialists skyrocket because the government's involved in subsidizing education. And so we have this continuing uh, funded feedback circle where the people think that it's that it's the health care that costs too much, what costs too much is the federal government in our business. That's what costs too much. I couldn't have said it better. And they, they pick the winners and the losers. This is crony capitalism, in my opinion, more than anything else. They're subsidizing the friends of who made the law, who benefits from the law, and there's no recourse. There's no consequence. You talked a bit about the pharmacy benefit management companies and the kickbacks. I was shocked. I didn't know this until recently that it's legal for them to do it. The, the Congress made this so. If they just switch a couple of things and stop this, I think the prices would drop dramatically. Make it a, a crime to gouge people and to double dip and to give rebates and to give kickbacks. If we did it as doctors, we can't even tell each other how much we charge a patient. That's not allowed under antitrust. And these guys get to collude. They get to set the price and they get to set it as high as they want without anybody questioning it. It's a sick system. Well, and the irony is uh, it's all because the federal government is involved. Mm -hmm. We don't need more federal regulations. We need less. We need the federal government out of this business altogether. And then when that happens, then it returns back to its proper placement within the hands of the people through their state. And what happens is, is that you have the state who are are more acquainted with the with the needs of the people, more acquainted with with the uh, needs and the ideologies of the people themselves to impose whatever, if any, regulation at all. Well, you know, you you inevitably get into a a serious uh, debate on 
you know, is it right for government to regulate industry or not? And then somebody will always bring up those who are, you know, students of this kind of thing. Well, don't you remember the slaughterhouse cases when the threat lens before the government was regulating industry, business owners and people who were unscrupulous were, were, uh, engaging in fraudulent business practices, mm-hmm. employees were being murdered or whatever, or, or being killed on the job. Problem is, we now have all this government regulation. None of that has stopped because the purpose of regulation was not to actually decrease those kinds of immoral, fraudulent activities. It was to tax the immoral and fraudulent activities. The reason they had regulations is because they refused to prosecute people under the laws that were written. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't start prosecuting them more. They just started taxing them on it instead. And it became a huge revenue source for the government. They don't want the end of uh, – those in Congress don't want the end to a false and fraudulent business practices. No, they make way too much money off of it. That's so sad. I mean, and they have no – they do it with impunity. And that's the sad part. They try to moralize about this, about if you have a question mark, then you're the worst person in the world and you want people to die. That seems to be the, the, the go, the fallback when people have questions, when people want you to actually prove or explain to them why something should be done. If you don't have an answer, then you just start calling people names. How can we actually start the process of turning the system around? I don't think, thank God, the way, well, you can answer the question for me actually since you're an expert. When Congress comes online and the Democrats take over the House, do they really have any power? They can do what they want, but if it goes to the Senate and it doesn't get approved, none of their legislation can get passed. Am I right in thinking that? Well, let's take it back a, a couple steps further because uh, things are not going to change, okay? So it doesn't matter, uh, and you can look at this is this is a matter of fact. Government mm-hmm. never reduces its power regardless of who is in power. So it's just a trading off of of houses of power. This term is the Republicans in power, next term is the Democrats in power. And the problem is, is that, it's like you said, the, the avoidance of accountability because the people in America get pulled into a false paradigm, a false argument. Uh, the Democrats are the bad guys, the Republicans are the good guys, the Republicans are the bad guys, the Democrats are the good guys. When the bottom line is this, Washington, D.C. is Washington, D.C., and it doesn't matter what party you're associated with, they're all about the power. And what has to happen to change this is something that's not going to happen in the House, it's not going to happen in the Senate, and it's not going to happen through the executive branch. The only way this is going to change ever is if we can get education to the people on how to change it at the state and local level. There's an enormous amount of power at the state and local level inherent on the, in the creation of our constitutional republic. It was designed that way so that the only check and balance on federal misconduct was not the federal government itself, but the largest check and balance on federal misconduct, federal power and limited authority came externally from the people and through their state and local government. So Justice Roberts, 
uh, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, in his first Affordable Care Act opinion, made this point. He said, look, if the states don't want this, mm-hmm. if the states don't want federal health care, we are looking to them as an ordinary course of affairs, he says, to operate within their power, he called it within their prerogative, to deny this federal health care within the limit of their state. And that's exactly what needs to happen. We need to say to the federal government, number one, you do not have this authority to engage in federal health care. Number two, because this is an unlawful authority, it has no power here within the borders of our state. Mm -hmm. Number three, we are going to take care of the health care needs of our people. We're not going to allow you. We're not even going to submit ourselves to your regulations. We're not even going to allow your regulatory agencies within the boundaries of our state. And since we are taking care of this on our own, we're, the people of our state will not be funding your activities. When, if they would only do that, it would be awesome. But, you know, I see a, a poison pill in the Affordable Care Act because I remember there was a lot of money handed out to the state. So we're going to help subsidize the the Affordable Care Act recipients in your state, where government's going to give you money. And that was, to me, the pavilion that made the people take the bait, right? I mean, made the states take oh, the bait. Oh, it always is. Every, every dollar that your state and local government accepts from the federal government is, a, is an acceptance of, of servitude and slavery. Every dollar, because who pays the piper dictates the tune. Mm-hmm. And it, it all operates under... Uh, under this really thick cloud of deception. Well, if we get rid of federal funding, how are we going to fund these things? When in reality, if you can just get your state and local governments to run the numbers, what you will find out, we know this to be a fact across the board without without deviation, the denial of federal funding actually saves you money. It costs more for you to take federal funding than it's been the money that they actually give you. And this is part of the problem with the Affordable Care Act, because yes, they gave you money up front, but they also told you, hey, in this so many years, we're going to stop giving you this funding, and you're going to have to pay for it yourself. Now, I want to ask the people, when the federal government stops funding your 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 health care, subsidizing your health care, then are they going to stop taking that money out of your check as well? Mm-hmm. If the states are supposed to fund it on their own now, is the federal government going to stop taking that money from you so that the states can now have it? And, and it's really a rhetorical question because you know the federal government is not going to ever stop spending. They're not going to stop. They're not going to reduce taxes. Right. There hasn't been a president since Thomas Jefferson who demanded that Congress uh, reduce the taxation of the people in a real, honest um, uh, reduction rather than a shifting of the tax burden. And is that what you think happened with the last tax, um, the last bill that was passed? I mean, it, they said it was a tax reduction, but it's not forever, right? Doesn't it go back up at a certain point? Okay. It's not a tax reduction. It, 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 it's not a tax cut. What right. it is is a, a shift. It's a burden shift. Mm-hmm. And they don't, they're not actually reducing the amount of money that they're collecting. They're just shifting where it's coming from. They can't reduce the number of, ma- uh, the amount of money they're collecting and actually increase spending by the trillions of dollars that they did. 
And so that's another thing that the American people need to realize is that there is no such thing as a tax cut. It is simply a shift of the tax burden so that some people bear more weight than others. And and what happens is, you know, you have the Democrat-Republican paradigm. It doesn't matter who's in power next. Then they'll shift the burden to their political advantage. Mm-hmm. And so we we haven't had a Congress that actually reduced spending. Uh, like I said, since Thomas Jefferson, every Congress has voted in a higher uh, spending, and we haven't even had a budget for decades. I mean, I, I'm speechless because you're just speaking such truth. Everybody pretty much knows that there's something dirty and wrong about this system, but there's always the feeling that what can you do as one person? What do you recommend that people oh, well, do you as know an individual? What? Uh-huh. Here, here, that, that, that's how they keep you powerless, the mm-hmm. whole what can one person do. But I want to challenge anybody out there to just look through the annals of history. Every major historical, political, cultural change has hinged on one single person. And that's, that's how this works. We need one person. And, and then everybody stands up in, in concert. Samuel Adams said, no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. He said, but on the contrary, when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. While we're being distracted, while we're being entertained by the bread and circuses of Washington, D.C., we're losing sight of where the real solutions lie and the real power lies within our state and local government. And that's why... And that's why uh, you had mentioned in my introduction that I travel and teach. That's exactly what we travel and teach. We have online classes. We've created an online forum called libertyfirstuniversity.com where you can become educated in the proper procedure to make the changes. Because as long as we keep voting in the same status quo, bent on the same political partisanship, nothing will ever change. And we're actually insane to think that it will. Doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Uh, I got you on that one. Um, Let's take a small break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. From treatment of sinusitis with balloon dilation to minimally invasive office procedures to correct snoring, Peachtree ENT Center offers state-of-the-art care. We also specialize in price transparency. You'll know the cost of our ENT services before they're rendered, whether you have a high deductible plan or no insurance at all. Make an appointment today to find out why Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Call 404-591-9100 or visit us at peachtreeentcenter.com. If you've tried taking over-the-counter medications but still have problems with nasal congestion, recurrent sinus infections, sinus headaches, or a dry mouth when you wake up in the morning, why not fix the problem? From natural integrative treatment to minimally invasive surgery, Peachtree ENT Center will work with you to find the solution that works best for you. Call 404-591-9100 today to make an appointment or visit us at peachtreeentcenter.com because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're speaking with Ms. Chris Ann Hall. 
She is a national speaker, a consultant on the Constitution, an author, a radio host, and somebody who is is actually doing something, not just talking about it, which is a major thing in our in our society at this point. Before the break, you were telling us about how people can educate themselves. Can you go over that again? Because I want people to actually get that information because it's really powerful and people need to start taking their power back. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we have a lot of information available out there uh, at chrisannhall.com. It's K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. We have our online training program at libertyfirstuniversity.com. We have a, a daily radio show where we take current events like you and I are talking about now, and we shine them in the light of Constitution, principle, and truth. So we don't we don't get into the big party argument because that is that is a misnomer. It gets us nowhere. Mm-hmm. We need to get to the real problems, and the real problems are governments that is no longer moored by a standard, but creates its own standard as it goes along. And so we have this we have this motto uh, in everything that we do: liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over personality. Because it's going to take that kind of shift in in the mentality of the American people to escape the tribalistic uh, the, the, the tribalistic uh, containers that we have placed ourselves in, and realize that there's only one real. Uh, unifier here, and that's that the liberty of the people be protected by the people, because there is an axiomatic truth. No matter how you have government, uh, government always wants more power, and for government to have more power, then you have to have less liberty. I think it was Daniel Webster said that uh, there there are men who who will rule. He says there are some who want to rule for good. They want to be benevolent rulers. But make no mistake, they do want to rule. I know it's such a short amount of time I have you for today. I I really hope you'll come back because there's so much that we didn't touch touch on. But this is the beginning. This is the foundation. And I, I'd like, if it's possible, to have a series with you so that we can actually teach people because Knowledge is power. If you think you have none, and you just described, you only need one person to to make a difference. We need to get, mm-hmm. get in these guys' faces and let them know we're not going to take it. We're not stupid, and you know they think we're stupid, or that you know they they know what's best for us. I want to run my own life. That's why that's why I have my show, and I think I can. I would think that's mm-hmm. why you write your books and why you speak too. I think there's a lot of people who want who feel like they 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 just need someone to lead them down the road of it's okay to be different. It's okay to, to actually speak truth to power, and you don't have to tout anybody. Well, I think it's really important because I, I'm, I know you have a very well-educated audience, and what we need to understand is even though we are well-educated, there are many things that we have intentionally uh, been kept ignorant of, mm-hmm. and the Constitution and the proper role of government is one of those things. And if we just simply... Uh, humbly admit that we are ignorant of those things and then submit ourselves to the study of those truths, uh, not law school truths, because like I said, they don't teach the Constitution in law school anymore, and they haven't for decades. As a matter of fact, I, you'd be hard-pressed to find a law student who's graduated in the last 50 years who actually had to read the Constitution in order to graduate. Harvard actually 
when Alina Kagan, she's a new, she's a current Supreme Court justice, but she was the dean of the Harvard Law School. When Alina Kagan was dean of Harvard Law, she actually removed constitutional law from the graduation requirement of every Harvard student. What? And so, yes, ma'am. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's, it's really, it, I, you, you say that, and, and it sounds so funny, but it, it really, it's not as bad as it sounds because, in reality, our law schools don't even teach the Constitution in constitutional law class. They teach what is called constitutional law, which teaches judges and lawyers and advocates that 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 judges know more about the Constitution than the men who wrote it. <laughs> and it becomes this this document not based on principles, but based on a precedent that is mocked in error and in ideologies and activism. And so, I, before we go, I want to give your listeners two bits of homework that would help them to understand uh, what it is that we've been talking about in a great deal of depth. So at my website, chrisannhall.com, there are two articles that will really, really uh, touch on the issues that we've talked about today. The first article is called General Welfare Clause, James Madison's Warning, It's Not About Money. And the other article is called What? are the steps to consequences for any national health care program. And these two articles will help your listeners begin their journey in truth on the limits to federal government and the proper operation of our constitutional republic. Well, I'm going to go and look those up myself. I think it's really, if you have knowledge, you can't be taken advantage of, and you'll know the limits of what people are trying Well. If people try to go over the boundaries, you can basically stand up for yourself. I mean, the Affordable Care Act has really devastated the health care system. Now that the mandate's gone, people need to understand that you can have another option, Medicare for all. I don't think it's, I hope it never comes online. And- health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. What you what you just described, it's going to be a stalemate at least for the next two years until this Congress um, rolls over to the next the next in 2020 election. 
Is that fair to say? Well, you know, I don't have that kind of faith, actually, because I know that it was actually the Republican Party who began the push for national health care. Oh, jeez. Uh, so uh, if you trace back that uh, that push before Eisenhower, you, you realize in uh, historically speaking that it was the Republican Party who actually designed and started pushing uh, national health care. Mm. So, uh, like I said, we we can't get in, fall into the trap of Republican versus Democrat, because remember, both parties want power. And so I don't have a whole lot of faith that that uh, the Republicans in the Senate will will resist this. After all, it was it was a Republican majority in the House that passed the Affordable Care Act to begin with. Yeah. And so uh, this has always been a push for single payer. Uh, government-led nationalized health care, uh, which, by the way, will, will eliminate the quality of care without a doubt. You I can agree. look at its results throughout the country or throughout the world, but I would tell you that even here at home, you can see the results of the single-payer uh, consequences in the Veterans Administration health care system and the problems that we have. What's ironic is Single payer is the system of the VA hospitals for our veterans, and yet for the last 30 years they've been trying to privatize the VA healthcare system to get out of that system to make it work. And now here we are trying to push the entire country into a system where we actually have living proof that it already fails on a small level and will be a colossal disaster on a national level. I think that I couldn't have said it better myself. That's excellent. And when people start talking about how Austin is, the VA is the perfect example. I totally forgot about that. I mean, it's a, I think it's a transfer of wealth as well because you're taxing everybody to the night. They don't even tell you how much it's going to cost. It feels like Obamacare where you have to pass it to mm-hmm. find out what's in it. Well, you have to pass it to find right. out how much it's going to cost. Everybody's going to be bankrupted. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine being able to spend enough money to control a system that's already going bankrupt. There's no way. No, it's 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 gonna it's it's gonna fail. And it's and here's the thing, the politicians that are pushing it, it's not gonna cost them a dime. Exactly. It's gonna cost us. And we're gonna see uh and here's the thing, people get old, people get sick, people get injured. You can't eliminate the industry of healthcare. So what you will do is you will just simply make it unavailable. Right. If you try to make it affordable while the government is in the system, you cannot make it affordable while the government has its fingers in the system. So what you'll have to do is make it unavailable and or, or limitly, limited and in its availability, depending on who the government classifies as can receive mm-hmm. or can't receive. Uh, let me give you an example. I'm actually I, I'm actually a disabled veteran, service connected disability. Um, I shattered my hip in the army and I went to the doctor, uh, this was my, my new hip is actually 17 years old and I went back to my orthopedic surgeon because I was having some pain and I wanted to make sure that, you know, things weren't slipping around and going bad and, and he, uh, he said no, he said, uh, you would probably benefit from, from, uh, maybe some, uh, acupuncture, even or, or massage therapy, and some good stretching. He says the VA actually added massage therapy to our covered list. 
He said, but I, and I see it on the list, but I can't figure out how to order it. <laughs> and nobody on my staff can figure out how to order it. He says, so go to your uh, primary care physician in the VA and ask her to order it because we're pretty sure that the primary care physicians know how to order it. So I went to my primary care physician, which took uh, an enormous amount of effort to get there to begin with. And I and I asked her, I said, my orthopedic surgeon sent me here to get, uh, to, to so that you could order massage therapy for me uh, to help with my with my uh, service-connected hip problem. And she looked me in the eye and she said, I'm not ordering it. And I said, why aren't you ordering it? It's right there on the list. She said, because we had a meeting the other day and we were told that we are not to order inactive health care. You can have surgery or we can put you on drugs, but you cannot have physical, you cannot have a physical therapy like massage therapy. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, it's just. And that's what national health care is going to be. Yeah. You're going to have to addict the people to the pharmaceuticals by either prescribing the drugs that they don't need if they actually took inactive health care, uh, like massage therapy and, uh, other stretching and that sort of thing and physical therapy. Or you're going to have to give them surgery so that they have to become addicted to the drugs. Because, you know, after you, after you start surgery, then it just never ends. Wow. This is a system that should never come online. And ultimately, what you're doing, thank you for what you, everything you do to let people know that they have options like direct primary care, uh, cash-based practices. There's a whole parallel system out there. And I think that's another way to put pressure on this governmental it's a government-driven system. Have an alternative that people can actually look at and see. It's cheaper. I'm going to get to see the doctor that I want. I have time. They're going to want that system as opposed to this monolithic nonsense that they want to try to pawn off as healthcare. Yeah, I met a I met a chiropractor not too long ago who got so sick and tired of the dictated healthcare. Uh, and the bean counters and the intrusions of the insurance companies that he finally just, like you said, he quit accepting insurance. Mm-hmm. Not only that, he went on a, a, a pay-as-you-can. He literally runs his practice by simply telling people, you pay me what you can afford, you pay me what you think uh, I am worth. Mm-hmm. And he says, when I eliminated all of the, the red tape, when I eliminated all the regulations, when I eliminated all the health care uh, mandates according to the insurance company, he said, I actually do better as a businessman now than I did before all of the mandates. Isn't that interesting? He cut all the middlemen and the administrative nonsense out, and it was just the doctor yep. and the patient. Imagine that. That's right. <laughs> we need to go back to basics. That's the way it used to be, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Why reinvent the wheel? Look, I know you have to go. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope that you'll be able to come back in the future. Oh, my pleasure. I think it's been great talking to you, and I just encourage everybody to, you know, if you if you found what you've heard here today to be interesting, if it if it sparked a, a fire in you, don't don't just simply walk away after hearing this. Step out and and learn. something new today about the Constitution. Absolutely. And just for your folks who want to buy your books, where are they available? 
chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. We have books, we have DVDs, we have uh, all kinds of stuff that's available uh, for, for people. We actually even have what we call Liberty Gear because there's a lot of uh, conversations that we need to start with the people around us to help them become aware of the fact that we've been denied truth for a very, very long time. Uh, one of those, some of those truths that we like to teach uh, through our Liberty Gear is about who we call the forgotten founders, the minorities and the women who built America prior to the Emancipation Proclamation and were business owners and entrepreneurs and philanthropists and politicians long before uh, our civil war took place. And it's because we don't teach these people who overcame the odds to become successful people that we're able to teach a new generation of people that they're nothing but victims and can't operate outside government help. Wow. Well, that is the ultimate. Everybody being able to put the, do what they're put on this earth to do without being impeded in any way, right? That's really That's why right. it's called freedom. Um, so on that note, let's, um, I want to, again, thank you for coming on. I will definitely want to have you back. Whenever you're available, let me know because I'd love to talk about the immigration issue and all sorts of other things that have come online that are, to me, are straightforward constitutional issues and legal system, especially the judges specifically, are, are litigating from a from a different spot. It's not from the Constitution, it doesn't sound like. Well, that would be fantastic. All you have to do is just contact us and schedule a new date, and I'll be back. I'd be happy to. Thank you, and Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. <laughs> and thank you for listening to Medicine on Call. We'll be right back after this message. From treatment of sinusitis with balloon dilation to minimally invasive office procedures to correct snoring, Peachtree ENT Center offers state-of-the-art care. We also specialize in price transparency. You'll know the cost of our ENT services before they're rendered, whether you have a high deductible plan or no insurance at all. Make an appointment today to find out why Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Call 404-591-9100 or visit us at PeachtreeENTCenter.com. You're listening to Medicine on Call, the place where healthcare, business, and current events connect. Are you having problems with persistent bad breath, constant throat clearing, hoarseness, a cough that won't go away, a sore throat, or a feeling that something's always stuck in your throat? Why not find out what the problem is so it can be fixed? At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking time to work with our patients as a team to get to the root of the problem. Make an appointment today to see why Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Call 404-591-9100 or visit us at peachtreeentcenter.com. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. I really appreciate what uh, Ms. Hall was talking about because it really is a crossroads that I think as a society we need to realize that we're, we're currently at. Are we going to collectively 
be moved in a, in a way that works against the interest of the individual, the good of the many outweighing the needs of the few, are we going to take the the alternate path, which is to pursue our individual destinies. And that means every way, whether that's opening your own business, whether that's taking care of your own health care needs, and not depending on the government to do it. I think we're, we're of two minds, at least that's what I think the media wants us to believe, that this growing democratic socialist movement, this collectivist movement, this public-private partnership where the government is being given power over every aspect of our lives. That's the choice we're, we're actually facing. And it's being covered with a lot of bullying, frankly, with lies, with misrepresentations, and with fear. And we really need to start really taking care of ourselves. And we are responsible for the choices that we make. Anybody, as I've said in the show before, nobody can care more about you than yourself. The government doesn't work that way. It's all about power and control. And who has the leverage of power or who moves the levers of power, it should be us as the individuals, as the the people of society. But that's not really what's going on. I've talked about it before, but I want to bring it up again, that the Affordable Care Act was not written by physicians. It was not written with patients in mind. No you know, practicing physician or patient were, were around that table when they crafted this legislation. It was all about the powers that stood to gain. Crony capitalism. We've been fed a real load of a bill of goods about capitalism over the past you know, 10, 15 years. And what's being practiced now is not capitalism. It's crony capitalism. Fascism, if you really want to be honest, where the the corporate interests are, in, in, it's not even insidious anymore, it's in your face. They are controlling the powers that be through legislation, through lobbying, through straight money, and they're literally crafting legislation that's working against the individual and in their in their favor. You only have to look at the corporations that are out there right now, Amazon being one example, where you know they're getting discounted you know, fees to mail their packages to the U.S. Postal Service, where everybody else is paying a different rate and getting you know crappy service. That's not appropriate. You know this is the same thing in the healthcare system and the space where you have these silos of care. The insurance companies are running the uh, pharmacy benefit management companies that are running the pharmacies, and now you have hospitals involved. You know, it's all about the preferred location, but that really means that you don't have choice. Once you sign your insurance contract, you have to use a certain doctor, you have to use a certain hospital, a certain pharmacy, a certain medication, and everywhere along that line, somebody's getting money, and it's on your back as the patient, and it's perfectly legal to do that. I don't even understand how the minute clinics, for example, are allowed to exist when any provider in that space writes a prescription that gets filled in the pharmacy, 
if that's a physician, that's considered to be a Stark law and a conflict of interest and all sorts of things that you're not allowed to do, but the pharmacies can do it with impunity. So this is not a level playing field. The only way to play it, win it, in my opinion, is not to play the game. And my mantra is stay healthy. But from a political standpoint, I think we need to stop falling into the trap that keeps getting set about winners and losers and somebody taking something from somebody else and permanent victimhood. We're not living in the 50s anymore. We're not living in Jim Crow anymore. We're in 2019, and it's not what it was when my mom grew up. I don't have to go through a back door. I can try on clothes in a in a, um, a department store. I can get on the plane and get on the front of the bus. I can do whatever I'm big enough to do. And I refuse to be pigeonholed and to be told that I can't or someone's stopping me from doing it. Nobody's stopping anybody from doing anything unless we choose to enter that space and to believe what we're told. The Democrats and Republicans are just two of the same sides or different sides of the same coin. Each one wants the same thing, which is to stay in power. And I think after living the last eight years through the various administrations and longer, nothing ever changes. I don't care if it's the Republican or Democrat. The, the, the ball is still moving in the same direction. And those, when they do have the power, technically, would, nothing gets done. We just went through a whole Republican Congress and presidency where everybody technically was the same party, but nothing happened. So if we really, really expect things to change in our interest, we have to be the ones to make that happen. And what does it mean that has to be the same thing for everybody? That's the point. I don't understand how people work against their own interests. Just because you look a certain way or you have a certain reproductive system doesn't mean you all need to think the same way. We really need to break outside the box. And we should be, we should be definitely moving towards a society where everybody can actually say what they really think. Just because you shut someone up doesn't mean you change how they think. And personally, I'd rather know what someone's thinking uh, that they show me as opposed to working against me behind my back. Because if you don't know that someone has a different uh, perspective, first of all, how do you expect to change it or learn from that person? By bullying them and by making them cow doesn't mean they're going to change anything, but it just ferments animosity. And that's what we're living in right now. It's a really bad space that the country's in. We need to make some changes in ourselves. And I think it starts with actually listening to people, which seems to be a major problem. I really love to talk to or have conversation and debate because it actually helps me understand what, I, what I'm thinking and be able to explain it to somebody else. And it's okay to agree to disagree. I think we've lost that art. If you disagree now, you're the worst person in the world or you need to lose your job or you need to be somehow ostracized and that really shouldn't be the case and it and we really need to start actually maybe learning more so that we can debate instead of shutting off debate because you're ignorant about something read a book do your research don't listen to anything that i say on my show 
without looking it up. I spent years doing my own due diligence, and I hope that everything that we do on the show will will encourage you as listeners to go in and do your own research, to think about something in a different way, to take the pers- or listen to the perspectives of somebody that you don't know. And the show gives the perspective of what a physician feels and what an independent contractor feels, what a small business owner feels. And that's really not not really mentioned most of the time. I think people have this mindset that physicians are monolithic and we're absolutely not. And the healthcare system, by definition, will be the best that it possibly can be when all of our voices are heard, whether we want to do integrative treatment, whether we want to do the routine standard care and do it by the algorithms that seem to be coming online now, which I personally don't agree with. But I think patients should have a choice if they want that type of physician who, you know, just the facts, get in, get out, no personal touch, then they should have it. Or if they want someone to spend an hour and a half with them, going over every little piece of their history and getting to know them as a person, then they should be able to do that as well. I mean, ultimately, there is no one-size-fits-all in anything, whether that's healthcare, politics, your social interaction. Nothing should be standardized. This groupthink really, really needs to stop because it's hurting people. And I think it's hurting the mentality and the psyche of our country. And I don't know what to say. I mean, there's really not much else to say on the subject, except I encourage everybody listening to get outside yourselves, challenge yourself, meet people, have conversations that are uncomfortable, speak your truth, speak your mind in a respectful manner. I think you'd be surprised there are a lot more people out there who are willing to listen to you and who will learn from you and who you will learn from. That's the message and that's the story. And it it comes down really, as Chrisanne said, to the Constitution. It was, you know, nothing's perfect. The society's not perfect but I'd rather be here than anywhere else. And the fact that I'm sitting doing this this radio show is a testament to the, the power of our society. There's no way we should want to give this up without a fight. And there's no way that we should say to ourselves that we you know, we live in a in a in a society that's not worth it and not worthy. It certainly is. And the fact that we have people who are able to you know talk about how they want to raise taxes to 70, 80, 90%, and they're in Congress, says a lot about our country. I think, ultimately, we're all put on this earth to do something, and we need to find what that something is. And nobody should be able to stop us from doing it, as long as it doesn't interfere or infringe on somebody else's rights. That's the bottom line. Race, sex ethnicity, sexual preference, none of that matters because everybody's different. There, There is no equal. We're different. So the mindset that I'm better than you, I'm not, or whatever people think. Everybody's good at something. Your job is to find out what it is and to pursue it and to be happy. And on that note, thank you very much for listening to Medicine on Call. Have a wonderful week. 
and you can catch me on Facebook, Medicine on Call, on Twitter, at Medicine on Call. Download the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify. It's on all platforms. Share it with your friends, and please come back and listen next week. Take care. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.